Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 55 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. We are so lucky today because in my little podcasting studio, we have with us the one, the only Luke Rayo. At the grand age of 11, he is going to tell us all about his experience in learning all about kayaking, all about water safety, and why he had so much fun on his recent trip. Welcome to my studio, Luke. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm so glad to have you sitting here with me. So tell me today all about how in the world you got interested in kayaking. Well, recently I have crossed over to a Boy Scout troop 554 with tons of experiences for campouts. And that's something obviously that interested you in going to a troop from Cub Scouts, because how many years have you been in Cub Scouts? Uh, Six. Seems like 10 years, right? (laughs) So about six years. So when you were in first grade, you joined a Cub Scout pack and you did some really cool things in Cub Scouts. We've had some great experiences, had some great friends along the way, some amazing leaders, present company excluded. Remember when I was your leader when you were a tiger in first grade? No, I remember dad. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Dad was a big leader too. Well, good. So you grew up in Cub Scouts, did some great outdoor stuff, learned some great outdoor skills, and then you crossed into a Boy Scout troop. So tell me what it was like um, when you went to a Boy Scout troop meeting and you learned about kayaking. I mean, what interested you in that topic? Well, one um, Monday, the troop meeting, we sat down and talked about the upcoming Oklahoma campout. It had many experience. It had many opportunities, such as fishing, uh, hiking, and kayaking. 
So I know a lot of these campouts, you know, you have a, an option if you want to go participate or if you want to sit that one out. What made you decide that you wanted to go away for what, four days? It was a four day camp out, your very first big camp out. What interested you that much that you wanted to go away for four days? Well, since I just joined Troop 554, I thought that I was just going to have to get used to it. So I decided to start off with a big camp out and start uh, learning from my experiences. That's right. Well, good. And you were so awesome on this camp out because I wasn't able to go with you. Dad was unable to go with you, but your big brother, John John, joined you on the camp out. So you pretty much went off and, you know, you grew up in Boy Scouts on your very first camp out. So very good job. So tell me what it was like when we dropped you off to meet up with all of your scout friends and your adult leaders to caravan your way north to the Oklahoma camp out. Tell me what it was like when you loaded up that morning. It was a great experience. We <clears throat> we loaded up our duffel bags and sleeping bags in the troop trailer, and we were off to Oklahoma, six hours away. Yeah? And so what was it like when you arrived? What kind of a place did you get to camp? Um, It was a big, big campground, and... We set up camp by a river bank. Um, yeah. Did you see lots of kayaks there already when you arrived? Or did you have to go to a different location to do the kayaking? We did see some kayaks go down the river that we were sleeping by, but mm -hmm. that's not where we went. Okay. So you pitched your tents and you camped your first night. So the next day was the big day. You got to go kayaking. So tell me about what it was like. You said it wasn't where you started kayaking. Did you have to travel to get to a place to put in? There is a kayaking place by our campground, but we went to a separate private uh, kayaking place. How'd you get there? Uh, like 10 minutes away. Okay. How'd you get there? Oh, we just drove. Okay. So everybody caravaned to the kayaking put-in spot. So once you got to the location and you saw all those really cool, colorful kayaks lined up, tell me about the safety briefing or what you learned about before you actually chose your kayak or chose your buddy and started the adventure. So tell me about some of the things that you were taught because you've never been kayaking before, have you? No, I haven't. Were you nervous? Um, a little. Yeah? But it was a good experience. So tell me what the experience was from the adults that gave you the safety briefing. What did you learn about? Um, they just said to keep your life jacket on, tighten it. And if it gets stuck, just step out of your kayak and just remove it from the rocks and get back on. Okay. What about, um, could you guys just paddle wherever you wanted to go? Uh, I mean, I guess, but it was like a river, so you only have to go one way. But could you take off if you were an experienced or strong kayaker could you take off and just go five miles ahead of everybody else to no, explore no how come because as a troop we stick together why would you do that in case somebody gets hurt they don't have anyone else to contact okay so pretty much you guys paddled as a unit and looked out for each other right yes 
So once you learned your safety briefing and um, why do you think it was important that they talked about life jackets? In case you fall in deep water and it gets too cold for you to breathe. What could happen? You could drown. Yeah. So what if the water wasn't deep? I mean, what if there's places that you can kayak that you could actually stand up and the water might be knee deep or waist deep? Is it important to wear a life jacket even if the water's shallow? Yes, and water shoes. Ooh, yeah, let, let's talk about water shoes. But so let me let me finish off on the the life jacket. So what happens if you're paddling on the kayak and you said you were on the river and do rivers do rivers stand still? Or what does the water do in rivers? No, uh, we crossed multiple waterfalls and rapids. And so how fast were some of those rapids going? Um, pretty fast. Yeah, and sometimes when you go through those rapids, there are little humps and bumps as you're traveling downstream and your kayak's bouncing all over the place. So why? It's fun, right? Yes, very fun. So what could happen if you actually hit one of those bumps and you got flipped out of your kayak? Uh, multiple things. You could hit your head, but if you wear your life jacket um, tight enough, it could save your life. So how can a life jacket save your life if you hit your head? Well, one of two things could happen. Um, You can get water up your nose and it could fill up your brain. Or you can fall um, belly first, but most life jackets actually are made to flip you over on your back so your head is above water. That's great. So that way it'll give time people time to come help you and pull you out of that unsafe condition. So life jackets are always, 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 always a must anytime we're doing any kind of water activity, especially what a dozen or so new Boy Scouts going down a river with rapids, right? Brand Mm -hmm. new kayakers. So the other thing you mentioned were water shoes. Tell me a little bit about why it's important to protect your feet when you're in a kayak. It's important because in case you flip flip over, you need somehow you need to stand up. So if you step on a a coral or a sharp rock and you slice your foot open, there's nothing you can do. You can you can help it, but it's not going to help it heal. That's right. So should we wear flip-flops or shoes that slip on so your little piggies are exposed? No. Again, if you slice your toe, there's nothing you can do. You can't fix it. Okay. So what kind of shoes do you recommend that people wear when they're going kayaking? Oh, uh, water shoes. Water shoes? What do water shoes look like? Um, They look like flip-flops, but covered. Okay. So they're closed-toed right? They protect your feet and they slip on your foot. Good. And what else could happen if you don't have your feet protected by shoe, the right, the right and appropriate shoes? What else could happen if you cut or slice your foot while you're in the river? It could get infected. Okay. Because is river water always pure and clean? No. No, there's lots of diseases. There's lots of bacteria. There's lots of critters. So there's lots of things that could affect your foot if you get it cut or sliced, if you're not protecting your feet like you should. So tell me more about your kayaking experience and some of the things that you can do as a kayaker, whether you're brand new to the skill or whether you're an experienced kayaker, 
Tell me a little bit about kayaking safety. So start from when you actually selected your kayak and um, was it a single kayak or was it a double kayak? Um, did you get to go by yourself or were you with somebody? Tell me about how you made that decision and starting from when you actually got into the kayak. What's what's safe about that? Uh, j- just like I said, um, I want to start the troop start off being in the troop strong by going on a four-day camp out. So I decided to go on a one-person kayak. But again, we have to stay together as a troop. So we were all together. Okay. So when you got into the kayak, uh, the kayak was on the ground, obviously, and it was on the water's edge. And you're fixing to get in and push the kayak into the water. Do you stand up nice and tall and you step into it? Or what's the safest way to get into a kayak? So you want to grip the kayak with both hands, take your center of gravity, put it lower. So, and then you have to put your feet inside the kayak and then scoot your way in there on the water. So why would you want to keep your center of gravity low, crouched down? Why would you want to do that to get into a kayak or a vessel? So it's... More even, so it doesn't flip over easily. So it's preventing the kayak from rocking back and forth and you potentially falling, right? Yes. Okay, good. So now you've got your life jacket on, you've inched your way into the kayak, and you've pushed yourself onto the water. Do you use your hands to paddle? No, you use a paddle to paddle. A paddle to paddle? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, the safest way to paddle forward. How do you get yourself paddling forward? Forward, um, so what I would just do is I'd push um, right and then push left. Okay, how do you hold your paddle? Uh, you just uh, grip it um, a little bit below the blade. Okay, good. And so you you rotate your hands to the right, to the left, to the right. What happens if you keep paddling Um, one direction at all times. Then it's just going to go in circles. In circles. (laughs) So is that a skill that you have to practice to make sure that you're going forward? Yes. Okay. What if you want to go backwards? Uh, You just do the same thing as going forward, but you just push backwards. Okay. Was that hard to figure out how to maneuver a kayak once you did it a few times? I mean, not for me. Okay, good. Did anybody else in your group have trouble? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So tell me about your paddling now. You're safe. You've got your life jacket. You figured out the whole stroke and side to side to keep going forward. Tell me a little bit about some things to look for along the river to keep you safe. So lucky us, we had a hot sunny day, but some people may not. They may have a rainy or thunderous day kayaking. So you want to be clear of the weather, and if there are some thunderclouds forming, you want to stay away. You want to get out of the water. So if you start seeing a thunderstorm brewing ahead of you with the big thunderhead clouds, you maybe see lightning in the distance. If you're on the river or on any body of water, what should you do if you see a thunderstorm ahead? Well, you should get out of the water if it's the finish line where you're going or just uh, to the side of you on a path. Okay, why don't you want to be in a kayak in a rainstorm or a thunderstorm? 
Well, rain is okay, but you have to keep an eye out for any thunder or lightning. Because lightning is attracted to water. And if you're sticking out of the water with your kayak, you could potentially get struck by lightning. And everybody has a bad day if that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so we talked about weather. We always want to keep our eyes to the sky anytime we're doing any outdoor activity. So the other thing um, you need to be aware of is your surroundings. So tell me a little bit about things to look for while you're kayaking um, to keep yourself safe as you're paddling down the river or down whatever body of water that you're in. Uh, you can look for rocks that you could hit and hurt yourself or low-hanging branches that you could run into and, again, hurt yourself. So what happens sometimes if those areas along the way are unavoidable? Let's say you're going down a river and the river narrows and it's a fast-moving river and all of a sudden you see some obstacles ahead of you, some natural obstacles like rocks or trees. What can you do to do your best to keep yourself safe? With trees, I duck my head and put my hands over my head. But with rocks, I would try and push away from them if I get too close. Okay. I'd, I'd look for an opening Okay. and then go through there. Did you have any of those experiences? Oh, I did have shallow bits, but... Oh, yeah, I guess at the beginning, it was a big rock field. Okay, a big rock field. I bet that was fun to navigate. So what happens, you made another comment, what happens if the river is low and there's parts of the river that the kayak just won't, won't float down? What can you do? If it's too shallow, then you could just um, get out and move it until you get the deeper water. Okay. Very good. So tell me about some other things that you need to be aware of if you're kayaking through, let's say, fast-moving water, and you see a pile of sticks or branches or a log or something ahead of you in the river, and it looks like there's a whirlpool circling around it. Should you go towards that and check it out? No. No. Why? What could happen? Uh, your kayak could get caught in that whirlpool and you could fl uh, flip out and then drown. Yeah, absolutely. So you could actually flip over and because of the water current, the undercurrent below, it could actually keep you underwater. If your kayak flips over, you may not be able to get yourself back up. So what could you do to avoid that? Uh, you could just go another way. Okay, and what are you wearing to help prevent you from getting under the water and staying under the water? A life jacket. Beautiful. So fast-moving water can be so dangerous that even a, a kid or an adult wearing a properly fitted life jacket can drown. These are called strainers, and they can force an individual who's wearing a PDF or a life jacket, they can force you under the water and trapping you in debris, making escape almost impossible. A strainer is usually a fallen tree or broken limbs lying horizontal just above the water's surface. This debris is situated perpendicular or close to perpendicular so that the rushing water is pushing through it. Strainers force water, trash, and people under the debris, creating a very life-threatening situation. 
Another fast water threat that you might encounter when you're in a kayak or on the water is the potential for hydraulics. Hydraulics are also known as a whirlpool, and it's caused by dams, spillways, low water crossings, and natural geologic formations. Did you see a lot of hydraulics on this river? No. Okay. This phenomenon is created when water spills over the structure of formation and it spins and rolls at the base. In a hydraulic, water, trash, and people can be circulated continuously from the water surface to the bottom. Hydraulics can drain even the strongest swimmer and are potential and powerful to pull a person wearing a PDF or a life jacket down below the surface. The debris in a hydraulic can also pose a threat either by pummeling, entangling, and preventing the victim from returning to the surface. So anytime that you're around fast-moving water, you always want to take the opportunity to teach other people about the dangers and what to do if they find themselves suddenly trapped in the water. Do you remember when we went on vacation and we went on a white water rafting trip? I do. And that river up in Wyoming, um, that was a super fast moving river because it was all the snow melt off of the mountains and that water was racing, wasn't it? Yes. It was kind of scary how and, fast that water was moving. And cold. It was very cold. Yeah, it was ice water, basically. So do you remember when we went on the whitewater rafting trip, the guides that were with us in our raft gave us additional safety items that we need to do if we hit a rock and or a boulder and the raft jumps, which it did a couple times, remember? And it makes you bounce out of your seat and you giggle and laugh and you scream because the water's so cold. And that scream was you, not me. Um, do you remember some of the safety briefings they gave us? What happens if we actually get bounced out of the raft in super fast moving ri- river water? What, what do we do to be safe? So what we do is we get on our back, extend our feet in front of us, cross our hands across our chest and lift our head above the water so we can see ahead of us. And if there's any rocks or debris um, ahead of us, we can kick off of them because our feet is in front of us. That's right. So you want to go down the river feet first, right? That way you can see what's ahead of you and you can use your feet to kick off of any anything that's coming your way or that you're heading towards, right? So by being in that position, it also helps you stay safe and prevent serious head injuries because you can see what's ahead of you and you can use your feet and your body to push off um, to stay safe. So it's also possible to prevent yourself from getting tangled up in one of these strainers or these hydraulics by staying in that position as you're traveling downstream. So you're always wanting to look for a safe way as you're going downstream feet first, you know, in that icy cold water, you're always looking for something to grab onto to get out of the way and wait for help to come pull you back in the raft or the the boat or the vessel, right? I don't think I'd want to get back in the raft if that would have happened. <laughs> well, you got to get back in the raft to get back to shore, <laughs> but you're right. So if you do find yourself moving downstream and there's no immediate threat, All you have to do is extend your arms and start steering yourself to the shoreline. You can just start paddling your way with your arms to the shore. 
if you're not having any luck getting to the shore, you always want to look for an eddy. Do you know what an eddy is? Uh, I do not. Eddies are usually located behind a solid item that diverts the flow of water. So there are two things that usually cause an eddy. The most common eddy is caused by a large rock or boulder in the river or in the stream. The other common thing that causes an eddy is when the shoreline, where it sharply angles away from the river or stream, where the water behind that eddy is nice and calm. So an eddy is caused when the water in fast-moving rivers or streams is diverted around that object. As a result, there's a patch of calm water that's not exerting any force on another object or person. So if you're in that situation, you want to look for an eddy to go behind that object, debris, or whatever it is, and you want to stay there and hang out until help can get to you. So with this being your first ever experience in a kayak, do you have any funny stories or anything you'd like to share? There is something that I would like to share. So I was going off one of the biggest waterfalls on the river and I turn after I go off of it, I turned around to see that my water bottle has gone missing. <sighs> so I didn't think much of it, like I had more at the house, so I decided to carry on with my kayaking trip. So around one of those rocky fields, I saw a green bottle stuck on a rock. I go over to it and it's my Nalgene. <laughs> so the river get the river brought it back to you? Yep. <laughs> well, good. So you always learn life lessons every experience that you have, right? Every trip you take, every adventure you go on, there's always something to be learned or taken away from everything, good, bad, or indifferent. So let's think about what you learned when you lost your Nalgene, your water bottle. What could you have done differently or what will you do next time that you go on a kayak with your water bottle? Hold it by my side. Okay, how can you hold the water bottle by your side if your both hands are on the paddle? I mean, I could have took a carabiner and maybe clipped it on my life jacket or handle of my kayak. So that way, if you did flip out of your kayak, your water bottle wouldn't be five miles ahead of you downstream, <laughs> right? <laughs> so good. Is there anything else that you want to share about your experience, your adventure of your first time kayaking? Or do you have, um, well, let me ask you that. Anything else you'd like to share about your, your adventure? Uh, nothing else. Nothing else? Would you do it again? Well, yes, I would. So give me a nugget of wisdom that you're going to pass on to somebody who's never gone kayaking before. Give a word of wisdom. Uh, don't flip. Don't flip? Some people actually like flipping. I, I know some kayakers out there and they love doing rolls where they flip over and over and over and get themselves out of a, a turn. So what else can you tell somebody new? Uh, don't take turns too sharp. Oh, what happens? Uh, you could possibly flip. Okay. And get water in your kayak. What happens if you get water in your kayak? It could sink. It could sink. <laughs> right. And especially if the water's cold, right? 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your morning and doing another podcast with me. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. I'm here with Luke Rayo, and as you heard, there is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.